Sabrina. We can't believe you're back for episode three. We're so excited. You guys must be extra super duper woke for being here for episode three. So I commend you on that. So if you've come here for some post-game analysis on Lakers-Kings Sunday, you've come to the wrong place because we are recording (laughs) this before the Laker game on Sunday. Although if you came here for Lakers-Kings analysis, I don't really know if you've figured out the point of this podcast yet. Yeah, and you know, we won't be able to do analysis or talk about it in our conversations, but you know, I can't think of a reason why it would make any difference to what we talk about <laughs> at all anyway, except probably be sad because we just watched ostensibly a young, fun, healthy team in the Kings, and we would be very sad. Probably. Yeah, there's been this thing going on about twi- on Twitter about how the Kings kind of remind us of last year's season, you know, yeah. sort of what they were heading towards. Like, they don't have their pick, so they're just playing for wins the whole way through, and they've got all these fun young players that came together a little faster than you might expect. Yeah, and, like, after playing the Nets, that's pretty tough. It's pretty tough to watch after watching two, like, really fun young teams with, like, super, like, growing stars and... I mean, I guess the motto... And the moral is, is that they're just going to, you know, completely fall apart next season so we can look forward yeah. to that. All they have to do is sign the best player in the world and then crumble from within. You guys know what to do, Kings. We got you. Hire me. Hire me. So there's a couple of cool things to talk about this week. Well, Woj is back to terrorizing us on Twitter with Jason Kidd rumors. And Ramona is back at it being our angel with the very side high, side-eye heavy... I don't think that's the right name comment. I really hope Ramona <laughs> Shelburne is in the Lakers pocket like she usually is because there is nothing more terrifying than the specter of Jason Kidd as the next Lakers head coach. Look, Woj, Literally nothing. Woj has not been correct with most of his Lakers things this season and beyond. And I'm just, I'm just hoping, you know, Ramona knows more and she's sort of been... She's our local girl. Yeah, she's our local, local girl. So, and she was, she, that's, that's some heavy heavy side-eye from Ramona. That's not even subtle. She was being like, mm, who the, the fuck do that? <laughs> to be fair, she did also that. say that Mark Jackson was in contention, so it's not like we're out of the woods, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, man. At least not Jason Kidd. You know, I heard a rumor this weekend <laughs> as well from a really top-secret source. You know, I'm very well-connected. As well-sourced as Woj, I can only assume. As well-sourced as Woj. It actually is. I assume this is how he got his information on, <laughs> on Jason Kidd. So... I was in the OC this weekend, and I went to a Euro place in the OC. And this guy, he said, you know, Clay's mom, Clay Thompson's mom, she comes in here, okay? I've seen Clay a couple times too, but he has his hat low. You can't tell it's him. But I've seen, I've seen her around here. She was in here the other day, and she said, okay, she said, it would be really nice. It would, she would love it if her little boy would come home, come closer to home. She said she would absolutely love it for him to be closer to home. So, guys, I think that means I think that means that Clay is on his way to LA. So we heard in here shop in Orange County or in Brooklyn. <laughs> what is that voice? He's Greek. <laughs> He's Greek American. Yeah. Don't hate me, guys. Look, I think that this means if she's out shouting about in every Euro shop. 
in, o in the OC, okay? This was in his hometown. She's shouting about every Euro shop in the OC that she wants Clay to come home. I think there's, I think we got a good shot, y'all. <laughs> I think we got a good shot. Is Clay a big Euro fan? Is this what we've learned from the guy in the Orange County? I think he might be. They have really good Euro. They put fries in the Euros there. Anyway. That's so, so. That's rumor season for us rumor, at I Love rumor Basketball. Rumor season. Rumor season. A very well sourced guy. I have so many connections in the basketball world, so. Well, as, as shocking as this might be to believe, that pickup by Sasha was not the biggest news in Lakerland this weekend. Not the biggest news. Not the biggest news. I'm sure we've all heard the big baller news from Lonzo Ball. Really tough situation he's going through. Yeah. Uh, discovering that one of his family friends and financial advisors has been taking advantage of him and yeah, man, potentially uh, taking money away from him without his knowledge or consent. And that like 1.5 mil. 1.5 million dollars worth of money. Yeah. yeah. Which is not a small amount. Even no. if you're making NBA money, that is not a small amount. No, and he's he's still on rookie contract. It's not like he's making like LeBron money yet. Exactly. So for this this guy, Alan Foster, we've all seen him. If you've been watching the Big Baller brand or whatever it is, Ball and the Family, Ball and the, family on Facebook. the Facebook show. If you've been watching, you see him. And honestly, he never seemed like that big of a deal to me. Like he was always someone that I saw on like the sidelines of everything. But you could tell that he was like calling some shots, and I kind of see that from what I what this amazingly well sourced and explained Ramona Shelburne and Paula Levine article says from ESPN. Sounds like he was a driving force behind Big Baller Brand being created in the first place. Exactly, and he owns sixteen percent of the company, from what we understand from this yeah. ESPN story. Sixteen point three, yeah, and. I mean, that's as much as Lonzo's mom owns. That's as much, almost as much as Lonzo's dad owns. Yeah. So he is definitely a big part of the decision-making process. Like you said, he was part of the reason why, well, from what we understand, part of the reason why Lonzo didn't sign with one of the established shoe brands coming out of college, why they chose to go this unique route of building their own company. And apparently kinda, he's been profiting more off this company than he should be. Yeah, and doing it in shady ways. I think that this isn't a stain on the idea because I think it's a cool idea. I still like feel like I stand by the idea of a young basketball star opening their own like brand and not being beholden to one of the larger brands. But there's a way you have to go about doing it. And oh yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's just taking advantage of. Yeah, him, and what basically. we learned from the story and what we've heard, you know, throughout the last few years is that BBB has often been delinquent on their. Uh, purchase yeah. orders and the California Consumer Bureau says there's still like a great F in their book and oh my god yeah there's do people have your shoes do y'all have your shoes do you have your $200 slides do y'all have your shoes what happened so I mean this kind of lends some insight into maybe part of the reason why Big Baller Brand hasn't been as successful as yeah Lonzo and the family might have hoped but that's not all I mean the fact that there has been this family drama within the company itself uh there's yeah. also been some it's really unclear of what i don't want like i'm not implying that lavar had anything to do with like the money issues like the the 1.5 million or anything but it's kind of unclear to me like what his role has been in terms of trying to get his kids to still be on foster's side like this this whole situation with him where where his kids are like thanks for getting us out of this, Lonzo, where, like, Melo's, like, super excited to get out of it, and Lonzo, like, deleted all of LeVar's pictures and anything 
like to do with him off his Instagram as well. Right. So Lonzo scrubbed his entire Instagram of big baller brand imagery and anything with LeVar and yeah. he posted that picture on either Friday or Saturday of him uh, in a jersey uh, with his jersey photoshopped mm. into the Lakers rafters. Love that. We've got Shout out Greg the, Goldberg. <laughs> we've got the tagline uh, moving on to bigger and better. You know, hashtag my own man. Yeah. And then he also used the Nike tag in this picture, right? Yeah, no, he yeah. is the exact It's same. only a crazy yeah. dream until you do it, right? Which, I mean, if you've been to Staples Center this year, you see that all the time outside <laughs> with LeBron icon. I mean, obviously there's no indication that Lonzo has signed with Nike yet. There's there's a really big swish on his jersey all the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, with LeBron in the house now. And LeBron being, like, the first one to like that picture on Instagram. <laughs> Melo commented on it. Thanks for getting us out, my G. Thanks for getting us out. I mean, that's that's pretty grim. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad to talk about anything that might be happening with Lonzo and what appears to be a very close family friend and someone that's been a part of his life members. for most of his yeah most of his life. And we don't know what his relationship with Lavar is like right now. There's no reason to speculate on any of that. But we but we do know is that yeah. there are clearly some issues with Big Baller Brand. Lonzo is distancing himself from the brand, which he owns the majority share of. Yeah. I mean, as someone who is just worried about Lonzo's health, I don't think it's such a bad idea that he goes with a more established company because he's had foot issues for his entire two seasons in the NBA. Ankle, knee. Right. I mean, personally, I'd like him to go to Under Armour so we can figure out whatever Steph's got going on to fix those glass Mm. ankles, but Nike's not a bad idea either. (laughs) And like you said, it's just kind of sad that... He's 21 years old. He has to deal with this major family issue where it seems like there's pitting of him and his brothers against some older adult figures in the family. And he's so young. He's so young, guys. He's younger than me. It's crazy. (laughs) He has a newborn daughter. There's so many things in his life that he has to deal with already off the basketball court. And this is just another thing. Hopefully, he does move on to bigger and better things. I think that he is a great player. And I don't think he's going to struggle to find someone who wants to sponsor him like a company that wants to sponsor him i think like the way that things shook out with this company that he ended up getting like kind of fucked over by a business partner rather than it just like crashing and burning through hubris which it kind of that was definitely part of it but like this this whole alan foster situation created a little bit of space for him to make nice with the shoe companies that like we're like oh no fuck you when he first exactly was drafted i'm sure a ton of companies would love to have him on their roster yeah like he's still such an entirely marketable player he still has the facebook show i mean he's and so famous his brothers are so famous you know i I don't think that he's gonna have trouble finding a new sponsor if he chooses to move on i'm I'm just happy that the picture he posted still has him in a laker jersey yeah (laughs) i mean frankly like having this type of major situation happen it would just color everything poorly that's sort of going on in your life but he still clearly wants to be a laker he wants his jersey up in the rafters yeah that's what we all want oh that is what we all want someday i'll see my name up there in lights (laughs) however sad this is for lonzo we think he'll pick himself back up Mm -hmm. he's a really strong guy he's a dad he's got that dad strength now so we're gonna move on to another dad we love okay that's good good. it's our dad lebron (laughs) moment of the week we have two this week actually one is classic dad lebron and this is the instagram post where he wrote just the most corniest thing ever (laughs) after the game against the nets always remember the conversation we had in vegas that night 
proud of what you're becoming, keep going. And then with prayer hands and a crown. And of course, he's talking about D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, my boy. So that's like the most corniest yearbook message ever written. To be fair, he left it on a story instead of an actual post. So, you know. Honestly, that's kind of disrespectful. (laughs) It's not one of his own teammates, (laughs) all right? Okay, but D'Lo had his best stat line against the gang, the Kings on Tuesday. He had 44 points, 12 assists, 4 rebounds, and 4 steals, baby. Is that the D'Angelo we know? I mean, his defense is still needs some work, but 4 steals. He's got some hands going on. I actually watched the first three quarters of the of this game. It's Sacramento and Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And I was like, these are two young teams. This is great. I'll watch it. And I'm kind of like a, you know, Nets fan by night this year. And I watched the first three quarters. They were down by 25. And I was like, I'm not. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to watch them. Like, they look tired. I'm not going to finish this out. And, you know, it was it was rough. They were playing no defense. It was like, you know when the Lakers just couldn't buy a basket? You mean, like, the entire first 70 games of the season? Yeah, no, but also, like, two years ago when they just, like, could not buy a basket ever in a game. And you would just be – there would just be stretches where they just – absolutely turned the ball over every possession. They would just shoot and it would clank out every single time. It's just like, can we score one or two points, please? That was what it was like. No defense. It was really rough. And as a Lakers fan, I have been conditioned to make a calculated decision about whether to finish off a game that is down by 25 points on the third quarter. See, I think that's when the Lakers really shine. (laughs) It's when they're down 25 points and they start building, you know, their mojo back up. I mean, that's what happened against... Milwaukee on Tuesday. That we also lost that game still. Hey, but we put up a fight. Okay, fair enough. I just like <laughs> I just I have a condition to not finish. We have had a lot of fourth quarter whiffs. We've had a, a whole lot of fourth quarter whiffs. And it was just like a sign of how bad this season was that in that moment I felt really pessimistic and I was like, no, I'm not gonna finish this game. And then I looked on Twitter two hours later and I just felt sick to my fucking stomach. Because I missed it. Well, I mean, clearly the reason D'Angelo Russell has been balling like it this season is because he had that meeting with LeBron James over the summer who taught him about consistency and leadership, how to run a team, you know? Absolutely. And that's what we wanted from D'Lo all along. And I think he's really grown up. He has just become such a wonderful teammate. And you can see how much his teammates love him. And it's just... That's such a stark contrast. They all do the ice in his veins thing, you know, when they're on the bench. They love it. I love it. They even do it on the left hand, which is what you're supposed to do because Deal is (laughs) left-handed. It's always funny to me when people do it on the right hand because that's you clearly don't understand anything. (laughs) Obviously, not a hardcore Delo fan. Miss me with that. It's been such a joy to watch D'Lo, like, grow up and become a great player in the past three years. And it's just so interesting to see this reach that LeBron has around the league. All of these young guys, these 20, young 20s guys, grew up watching LeBron. He was one of their favorite players, and they have so much respect for him. They all seek him out during the offseason. They all want his input on how they they can become better, how they can grow their games, you know? Yeah, man. And D'Angelo Russell's just, you know, tip of the iceberg. He's just another guy who's come to LeBron who wanted his advice on how to get better, showing his maturity, showing how LeBron literally affects everybody and everything (laughs) in the NBA. And I just have to say, all of the guys on team, everybody who's using this season as an opportunity to get on LeBron, which is a lot of people, and say that he's like a bad teammate, and especially earlier in the season when there was this whole storyline about players not wanting to come play with LeBron. 
and people were like, oh, well, you know, Kyrie will have told everybody that LeBron is terrible and, like, that he's not a good roommate because Kyrie is so well-respected. That turned around in a hurry. Yeah, it's true. But also, honestly, like, it's just kind of ridiculous because when you think of these young guys in the league right now, like, who are the age of, like, D'Lo. Like that 21 age, Yeah, exactly. like, around, like, our age. LeBron is to these guys as MJ is to him. Exactly. It's ne- that respect is never gonna go away because he's like the guy who made them want to play basketball. Exactly. It's it, you just y'all sound so stupid. Is what I'm trying to say. And you can hear all these stories about how maybe the bigger stars don't want to play with LeBron. I just don't buy that anyone who has the opportunity to really grow and benefit from his knowledge would not take that opportunity. And honestly, I think we're actually at a point in his career where it makes a lot of sense for a big, bigger player who's younger to come to the Lakers and play with him, where he's older, he... Clearly his body is not what holding it used up. To be. It's not holding up the same. So this would be a really great opportunity for someone like cough cough Anthony Davis or cough cough Kawhi or cough cough Clay to come to LA and be the main like physical star and have like this great resource in LeBron and he's gonna set you up so nice he's gonna set you up so so nice yeah get full dad LeBron mode all full season dad LeBron mode all season and hopefully not Grandpa LeBron, which is kind of another Dad LeBron moment, but this time it is a Grandpa LeBron moment. And this is another, this is just adding on to my theory that LeBron is kind of whiffing games. Um, at the I mean, end he entirely game. sat out the Milwaukee game. So. Yes, but yeah, yeah, besides, <laughs> besides just like completely being okay with not even playing that game. In the past two games that I've watched where he was playing, so not the Bucks. The Knicks and the Nets games. The yeah. Knicks and the Nets. He has had the last few possessions all to himself, basically, and has sort of, like, fumbled uh, on, like, every single play and not made it. He's and in on the tank. He's he's in on the tank. And here's what I'm saying. There are a lot of people who say, these guys like LeBron, they're so top-level and so competitive about every game. They would never do that. They, don't, they wouldn't disrespect the game that way or whatever. You know, but we see him take, like, calculated time off and see him take... Not only, like, for sitting in the Bucks game, mm-hmm. but calculated time off while he's on the court. Like, he takes plays off and, like, finds his spots and, like, all that stuff that allows him to have a better chance of winning while not putting, like, in the long run without putting the, like, 100% effort in every single second. So why would that not extend in part to losing for the tank when you've been eliminated? Why not make the best of a bad situation is what I'm saying. Our guys have only lost value due to injury, okay? Which was the true enemy of the season. And if we want to make a trade or get a Zion, this is how we have to do it. We have to tank. And I think LeBron knows. I think he's taking these calculated L's, and a lot of people are taking them as opportunities to hate on him. Looking at you, Twitter. I just have to believe that the only reason that LeBron was so vociferously stuffed by Mario Hazonia was because he wasn't trying as hard as on that point. I don't want to live in a world where that makes sense to me. I don't want to live in a world where that stuff was not all in the name of getting Zion <laughs> Williamson. <laughs> Alright, so moving on from our dad LeBron into the Kitty's Corner this week. We love Kitty's Corner here on so, basketball. Kyle Kuzma has been uh, pretty introspective on Twitter this week. He's had a lot to think about. He's had a lot to think about. Uh, and not a lot else to do. 
not worrying about a playoff push. Should be worrying about that three-pointer. But, you know, he's got all summer. And he's been passing, guys, so we can take it. So Kyle Kuzma asked on Twitter this week, what are the regulations or resume you need to become an expert sports insider for these major media outlets? Now, that's a totally valid question. Very You know, valid. someone who's been in the league two years has had plenty of opportunity to interact with the media, probably has some of his favorites, some people he doesn't think really know what's going on. And all the mofos on Twitter. Exactly. Like, totally legitimate to wonder what qualifications get people into this field, who he's working with, you know? Yeah. I can't help but wonder, though. There's got to be some specific incident that prompted mm. him to mm. make this statement right now. What do you think Kyle Kuzma's working with that he wants to know what the media, you know... Okay, I think this has actually been on his mind for a while. Because he tweeted a few weeks ago about wanting to do a podcast. Okay. I think that Kyle Kuzma has been on a media critique this year that he has been feeling like the media the sports media is not really like up to scratch and he would like to add his voice to it i think what has happened is that his season has not been as good as his rookie (laughs) season and he is not feeling the love from the media in the same way that he did one year ago that's my Mm. personal opinion See, I feel sh- like he went. I I feel like Kyle Kuzma is all about like player empowerment stuff mm-hmm. and like wanting to have more players in like media rooms and calling shots from the media side. And I like really love the idea of a Kyle Kuzma podcast. I would hey, definitely if Kyle Kuzma to wants it. to join uninterrupted, get his voice into this sphere. I'm all for it. He I also say- think that if you are <laughs> shooting, you know. What is it? He's shooting 30% from three this season. He's Those were reports that he switched his form six times over the course of the season. There might be other oh, things you want to keep your mind on instead of worrying about the media at this point. The switching forms thing makes no... I, I feel like you have to pick one and move with it and just stick with it and not... We need like, some consistency. Yeah, we need a little consistency. But on the other hand, like, I, he's not LeBron. This is, like... The first flaw in this comparison is that nobody else is LeBron, <laughs> but like we missed the playoffs this year, and LeBron had probably his most stacked media like entertainment year. So yeah, far. I'm all for you know Kyle Kuzma crowdsourcing Twitter, you know trying to figure out who people like in terms of basketball analysts. Mm. Like I think he said his personal faves were uh, Doris Burke, obviously, and Hubie Brown. You know, both excellent choices. But I don't know. I can't help but think that there's something else at play here that he's not just, you know, legitimately wondering what makes a media member these days. There's something that precipitated this. Maybe somebody asked him a stupid-ass question. <laughs> it can't be the first one he's been asked. <laughs> Maybe this was the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of stupid-ass questions. You know what, Kuz, I'm all for you joining the podcast sphere. Uh, Come on, I love basketball, God. Dude, hit me up. I hit you in your Twitter mentions when you tweeted that, and I didn't hear back from you, so I'm still awaiting your response. On whether you'd like me to be the hot girl on your podcast. The <laughs> offer is still there. It's still I'm stupid. glad that's not a thing in NBA podcasts. <laughs> it's definitely a thing. It's definitely not a thing. JJ Reddick is a solo host. <laughs> he he is, I think, a special case that he can hold his own. Yeah. But fair. Vince Carter. The Winged It podcast does have a girl. That's and true. she is really cute, but she's also very qualified. And then, uh, the Road Trippin' podcast also has female hosts. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think I'm just a. Uh, Hopefully they more follow. You need the my Reddick. whiny voice, Kyle. Kyle, you need my whiny voice on your podcast. Otherwise, how much will people complain to you on Twitter? <laughs> anyway, 
This week we have a truly baffling in defense of. I this is not sanctioned by me. Actually, I'm just reading it for the first time right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I just I can't believe we're talking about this. So take it away, Sabrina. Right. Who do what do you want the people to think about critically this week? <laughs> what are we gonna think about critically this so, week? We are watching the Bucks game this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Trudell shared some fascinating reporting that he was talking to the players about Contavious Caldwell Pope's big night. The other day. Huge night. Huge night. Huge and night. he noticed that they were calling him Kenny. And it took him a second. It took uh, McDonald and Stu Lance a second to figure out who they were talking about, too. And they realized that all the players called KCP Kenny as a nickname, which... Wow. Perfectly logical. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it would take, again, two years into KCP's tenure with the Lakers for these guys to figure out what his nickname is. Not much to pay attention to. First of all, I think Kenny, far superior nickname to KCP. KCP, I like. It's it when you're creating so a nickname, more. you need something short that's easy to call people in person. I think KCP is better because it also has so much potential for rhyming. It just has like a. Kenny rhymes rhyme. with everything that KCP would rhyme. No, but like KCP has like KC three, a KC it's not meant to be when he has bad games, and like at Kenny. Think of think of one right now, on the spot. Many? What? <laughs> I just many? think it's really interesting that again, this guy's been on the Lakers for two years. Presumably, Trudell, McDonald, Stu Lance, they spent a lot of time around the Lakers, and they didn't recognize this completely obvious fact about his existence until this late into the game. And then they were obsessed with it. For like the next and so literally all they talked about for like fifteen minutes, probably because they didn't want to pay attention to the game, but And it kind of it kind yeah. of just makes me think about how it took us this long to realize like what KCP actually was in terms of a basketball player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's just been hiding in plain sight this whole time. Yeah, no, I think some of us I think some of us figured it out. <laughs> I think a couple of us figured it out. If by us you mean the Lakers, then yeah. I mean so when, when KCP first signed with the Lakers, he was the mana from heaven, right? That oh, saved yeah. Rob Palenka from having to find another shooting guard. Dude. He so was really good last year. Dollars. He was really good last year. He hit like 38% on threes. Okay, he was an active good. defender. Really good player. I think when the Lakers signed him to this contract this year for $12 million, no one was objectively upset with it because one, LeBron tax, you know. It's got to stick around. It is, yeah. And then two, he was a productive shooting guard last year. There was no legitimate reason other than, you know, the, the month in jail, which we don't really need to talk about anymore. <laughs> in case if he was a bad player. But then I think he's really, like, reverted to his true form this year. You know, the reason that Detroit was willing to just let him walk, you yeah. know, for no compensation. And it's just so funny to me that, like... The real KCP has been here the whole time. It took us this long to figure it out. And it took them this long to figure out that that was his actual name. Some games, it's really funny when Kenny hits a three. Like, he'll hit one three. He'll miss, like, five in a row. And then he hits one. And you're like, okay. Okay, this is what this is what he's supposed to be here for. I see. We needed that three. And then just misses the rest of them. And you're like, like, still in that moment, you refuse to believe that he's garbage. Yeah, there's there's something about KCP that still passes, like, the eye test, you know, where yeah. like, he looks like a real basketball player. Yeah, for I sure. mean, <laughs> when I was ranking, like, the free agents that the Lakers should keep this offseason, which if you haven't read, you should go to silverscreenandroll.com and check that you out. You should check it out. 
I mean, he came fairly high on my list just because the rest of the team is such trash. And he has, <laughs> he has like, what's mo- most frustrating about him is his potential. He's a pretty consistent defender, and I, like, that is a great aspect for this team, that we need people who can guard guards because we don't yeah. have a I ton. liked his activity level a ton last season, especially yeah. playing next to Lonzo. I thought that really brought it out in him. He doesn't seem to have that as much this year. I think he just sort of... 12 million! <laughs> Why? What? That's why he's garbage because he like now he doesn't have to earn money next year and he's fine. I mean, he was making eighteen million last year already, so it's not I mean, like <laughs> it's just it's just crazy. We gave him that money and then he was garbage, and we were all really surprised. <laughs> well, I'm just here to say that I think Kenny is a lovely nickname. They should start calling him that on the broadcast a little more often. Kenny <laughs> for as long as we have him on the team. <laughs> Kenny is an excellent personal nickname. But I'm all for sports it. nicknames, fan fan base nicknames, should be prioritizing rhyming, and I don't think you should have anything beyond two syllables for a nickname. I think this is just the most okay. But what about like the long arm here. of the law? Yeah, the you can't use that on a regular basis. <laughs> it's the it's something you bust out on special occasions. That's you know, exactly regular the thing. plays. You just got to call him Kenny. Tiny Dog. What? Like what? no one calls her Tiny Dog. People call Brandon Ingram Tiny Dog, and the long arm, and they call him Slender Man, and these are all these are all nicknames again that shouldn't be used on a regular basis. They're things that you bust out in special situations. Dog. How can you say that? about I don't tiny think on dog? every single play you should be like, oh, jumper by Tiny Dog got into the lane. I love that. <laughs> I, I think we got to restrict these for more <laughs> special usage. You got to use the more normal names. On okay. simple plays. I don't think that KCP is an abnormal nickname, but I do think it is much more fun to like do rhyming stuff with, and I think that's really important. I also think that there's this whole I just think like, that's really, really important. resume of like who killed Kenny jokes that we've just been missing out on okay. for two years. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And hopefully we'll never have to find out. We'll never have to use any of them. <laughs> hopefully. So... <laughs> All right, guys, it's the last segment of the show now. And, you know, a little comedy of errors like those we've become accustomed to this season brought us this week's I'll Knock Your Mother Ass Out Award. Sponsored Sponsored by by Brandon Brandon Ingram. In the first quarter of the Nets game, Caruso tries to do this, like, loopy over-the-head backwards pass or whatever, no-look pass to Rondo, and then it gets intercepted by the defense. But then it just bounces off the guy, back in Caruso's hand. He dribbles it out, and he's like, yeah, maybe we'll, we can make a play maybe now. Mm-hmm. No, he bounces it, throws it directly off the knee of his defender. And then everybody is just diving and scrapping for the loose ball. And then somebody, like, kicks it, I guess, like, literally all the way into the backcourt. So we end up with the situation where the Lakers are inbounding the ball from the opposite baseline with only two seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah, exactly. And I know this is, like, a first-quarter basket, which is, like, not super exciting. It's been very thin on the ground this week, guys. (laughs) No LeBron or Giannis in the Bucks game. And the two scorned by Hezonia. Actually, (laughs) blood brothers in that way. They took a a personal day, apparently. (laughs) It was too triggering to see each other. Um, Anyway, like, there was two seconds left, and they inbounded it, and Kuz just, like, ran up the court and hit, like, a half-court shot with two seconds left. It was awesome. Yep. 
three minutes left in the first quarter. Not even that big of a shot. Kuz should take all of his threes from half court, apparently. It was dope. <laughs> I'd love to see more of that. <laughs> This is what we've come to. We chose a three-pointer that tied the game in the first quarter quarter. at home against the Brooklyn Nets for the I'll Knock Your Mother Pass Out Award. Which we ultimately lost. Oh, dear. Suffice it to say that the Lakers have not been beating anybody down this year. (laughs) Nothing but our spirits. (laughs) No, no, but, um, you know, I think Kuzma has really shown himself to be totally checked out for this season. (laughs) He's already looking ahead to potential other career paths. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's trying He's to be a ahead. podcast. Planning ahead. All right, that's going to be us this week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, thanks so much for listening to our show. Please make sure to subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast, rate and review us, and then you can check the network out all week for more shows about the Lakers. Hope this Kings game is worth watching tonight, Sabrina. What do you think? I think it'll be great. The Kings are really fun to watch. They're and great. And the Lakers and Sacramento have a, you know, nice, long-standing rivalry. It always yeah. turns out to be some good games. It would be awesome to see Lonzo and Fox match up, but I totally understand, obviously, that we don't want Lonzo on the court. He's hurting in more ways than one. So, with that, we're going to leave you guys right. into the week. Hope you have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. I love basketball.